When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Candy, Evan Cohen. I'm standing up, yes. as you can see on the ESPN2 side. What we I got have, here? We got, we got I have little, a present for everybody before we get to Juan Soto. Uh-oh. Look at this. So I'm getting presents on presents because I am a Yankees fan. So Let's, we got Soto. We got to see if that's actually now, a present. But now we have a box. We have a box. A mystery box. I came in this morning. A big box was here. We are unbelievably thankful to be a part of ESPN Radio on so many hundreds of stations all across the country. And we have said to people, hey, we're your morning show. Let us rep physically with some gear your morning show. Send us stuff. So today, the great people at ESPN Cleveland sent us stuff. Hello. So let's see what we got here. We got a little unboxing. We're, All right. I, it oh. feels like maybe this is some sort of mug or something like that or cooler. Right. Let's see. All right, here we go. We're opening it up. We are th- thrilled to be a part of ESPN uh, Cleveland. Okay, we got the nice mug. I see. All right. All right. Yeah, Ooh. let's go. ESPN Cleveland. ESPN there Cleveland. we go. Let's go. We got the wow. mug there. All right, 850 WKNR in Cleveland. But wait. There's more. This okay. is a good mug. Good handle. Oh, we got some gear here. Let's see what we got. ESPN. Oh, this is nice. What is this? This is a small, so I would assume it's for smalls. Oh, really? There we go. Hey, smalls. Her. Here we go. A nice uh, shirt there. Oh, this is nice and comfy. This material is amazing. Let's see what, what size this is. XL, I assume that's for me, which means, CC, this one is it for you. It has to be for me. There Let's we see go. what size did they give here. Uh, I, I hope the largest size they had. Let's see. So Let's we see thank Kelly and everybody is. at ESPN Cleveland for this sending it along. Riz, Hammer, oh, Emmons, yeah. Gerard, all oh, that, yeah, Climax, every Paulus, Arnold, PXL everybody on the content side. Wait, oh, for look, for at the look at this. Look at this. Beautiful. Let's go. ESPN Cleveland. Wow. I see y'all. I look appreciate that. Wait, Look at that. Yours is nice. Is nice. You know, I don't know. It's a hoodie. Do you think I'll be feel, I'll feel comfortable wearing this? <laughs> I, I think you'll be just fine wearing that. I wow, think you'll be beautiful. just fine. Thank you, beautiful. ESPN. Thank you to appreciate ESPN y'all. Cleveland. Let's get the mug on the desk here. Mine's Absolutely. Got and I love it that uh, somehow, for at least a minute, somebody could take any spotlight away from the Yankees. Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> so we saw a major baseball trade yesterday. Midwest Michelle is back in her baseball mode. Let's go baseball. Of covering the Cardinals for as many years. Years as she did, CC is back as a Yankee fan today, and the Yankees get Juan Soto and Trent Grisham in a seven-player deal from the San Diego Padres. This is the second time Soto has been traded. He's a pending free agent. Before we get to baseball, the Yankee fandom, Smalls, give us the overall big-picture baseball take on what we saw yesterday with Soto to the Yankees. Well, they are... Trying to be the Yankees again. They're trying to go out and add another star, and they did that with Juan Soto. They got a top 10 hitter with him. They went into this offseason saying that they wanted two left-handed hitting outfielders. You get that with Soto and the Alex Verdugo trade that they made uh, a day ago prior to this with the Boston Red Sox. But this is a very interesting move because on the surface, you look at the numbers for Juan Soto, you think star power, pinstripes. This is exactly exactly the type of the move, a move, excuse me, that the Yankees need to be making. 
But I'm really interested to hear what you have to say as a Yankee fan, CeCe, because with this move, this means that Aaron Judge is going to move to center field a Mm -hmm. lot. And the Yankees' issues in the past few years have been wear and tear on their star players. Obviously, Giancarlo Stanton being the primary face of that. But with Aaron Judge moving to center, a position that he's primarily going to be in and a position that primarily lends itself to a little bit more wear and tear, I was a little bit surprised to see that that was the – the approach that they were going to take, knowing that this move is going to shift Aaron Judge to center field for probably the majority of, of his games. Yeah, I'm not concerned about it too much. I, I mean, here's the thing. You have the DH position, so you would hope that they don't let Stanton clog that up and that when Judge needs days off from playing in the field that they can slide him in there and still have his bat in the lineup. But they also brought over Trent Grisham from the Padres, and he's a gold glove outfielder. They added Alex Verdugo, as you mentioned, and now you got Juan Soto in right field. But the reality is this is something that had to happen because the Yankees had the worst offense in all of baseball. Quite literally, the second worst batting average of any team in baseball. The only team that was worse was the A's, and we know they wasn't trying last year because they wanted to move up out of Oakland, which they finally successfully did. But in looking at the Yankees and their offense, particularly their outfield, they had the worst outfield when it came to batting average and on-base percentage. So they needed to make these changes to dramatically reshape what we saw from last year. Now, I think on the whole, you're still talking about a team that's relatively unathletic, a team that doesn't necessarily do great when it comes to putting runners in scoring position, putting runners on base. They don't have a lot of versatility, a lot of variety in their offense. It's a lot of home run or bust. And Juan Soto will add to to their lineup the level of plate discipline that this team needs. But big picture, Smalls, because that's what we're in the business of talking about right now. This is last gas for Brian Cashman. That's what this move is about. Mm. This move is about trying to change the way they do business. Brian Cashman has uh, essentially had this – this organization in limbo for the last 14 years. We're talking about the longest span between World Series appearances that the Yankees have seen since the 80s. And that's when they were wearing paper bags to the old Yankee Stadium. So this is a time right now where the organization is at a crossroads. And if this move and the subsequent moves that Brian Cashman is going to make during Hot Stove this winter don't pan out, then the person deciding on whether or not Juan Soto gets a contract an extension or or a long-term contract with the Yankees is not going to be him. And so I think that's really what this is all about. This is a signal from Hal Steinbrenner that we are serious about changing the way that we've done business over the better part of the last decade. And if this move doesn't work out, then all of a sudden we're talking about somebody else shaping the future of the New York Yankees. I find Soto so interesting as an overall test case in sports in general. You're talking about a guy that is 25 years old that every baseball fan and analyst will tell you is going to the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, that's, that seems like what's going to happen with this guy, that he's having a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Yet now he's on the third team that may or may not want to pay him. The Nationals weren't paying him. Well, they wanted to pay him, though. The Nationals offered him a $440 million contract, okay, which that, he turned down. Okay, so the third team that may or may not have him long term. Yeah. Let's, let's do it that way. The Nationals? The Padres obviously had a bad season last year. Yeah. They have guys under contract. And now the Yankees may or may not have him long term because it's not like he's arriving and they're giving him a contract extension upon arrival. That this may only be a one-year deal for the Yankees. It is possible that this is only a one-year deal. He may go there. They may not be good. He may not be good. They may not like him. He may not like them. That they gave up this the, uh, the last-ditch effort, as you're saying, 
on what could be a potential one-year deal for the Yankees. Normally, when you see that, when they got Stanton and everybody was going crazy how great oh it was. Oh, my God. That was a terrible I, deal. I agree that with you. That was a terrible deal. I agree terrible. with you. I didn't think that was a good deal from the I, moment they made it. I agree with you. But he was under contract for a decade. They knew he was going to be there. They controlled Aaron Judge's rights, obviously. And, you know, they thought they lost Arson Judge uh, to the Giants. But Aaron Judge is obviously back there. Um, that they have him. And, like, the reality is this guy may only be there for a year. And that, that part of it is weird to me with the Yankees to get a 25-year-old. And, and, by the way, if they say, all right, well, we got to keep him forever, well, then you're going to have to give him the 10-year, $500 million deal. Yeah, but you don't have a problem with that. I think it's by far more important for the Yankees to sell Soto than for um, Soto to, be, to sell the Yankees. I, I don't think there's any question about Soto's talents. Everybody understands what kind of player we're talking about. This guy has one of the highest career on base percentages of anybody in baseball. He's, what, 24 years old, and he's already a champion, and he was the centerpiece of an offense when they won said championship in 2019. So I just th- th- this is a situation where I don't think there's any question about whether or not you, you got the guy. I-, I think you got the guy. The question is whether or not the guy wants to stay with you, and I think what they do for the remainder of this offseason – is going to shape and inform whether or not we think the Yankees can one contend, but whether or not they'll ultimately be able to sell Soto and his agent Scott Boris that being in the Bronx is the best place for him long term. I don't know the answer to either one of those questions, but I'm skeptical of this move, even though I know Soto is one of the best young players in all of baseball. I'm not skeptical. I love this move. I love that the Yankees are taking a big swing. I love that the Yankees are getting a guy that fits the profile of what you think a New York Yankees player should be. I love that they're getting a guy who's going to come in who already has, you know, he's a three-time All-Star. He has four silver sluggers, 160 home runs. I, I just see him as the type of player that would fit in New York. And I love that Brian Cashman and the Yankees are not treading water, that they're going for it. This could be a boom or bust situation. You mentioned the Padres moving on from him. That was painful. This is, they went boom or bust, and it was a bust. And, and But I guess that's going. the point, though. It's, it can be boom or bust the way that it's trended the last several years. It feels like it's going to be bust. Like, it feels like this is the one Yankees of those Aaron. Yeah, it feels yeah. like this is one of those Aaron Aaron Rodgers type moves with the Jets. Hey, he's coming to the Jets. It's going to be spectacular. And most people took that to mean a good thing. And it ultimately ended up being the worst of things. That's what it feels like with the Yankees. This feels like a move of desperation from a general manager that knows he's on last legs. And he should be because the standard is the standard in the Bronx. But this guy, Brian Cashman, has been around a long time since the mid-90s with Stick Michael. And he's supposed to be extension of that. And yet, this team can't get in a position where they're consistently competitive and they're accustomed to going on deep playoff runs like most Yankees fans expect. This is one of those teams that is cash rich. They got a lot of money. They, they can spend with anybody in baseball. Yet they haven't been able to have success with the t- with the teams that have been a consistent spenders, similarly what we've seen for the Dodgers. So that's the thing that I worry about with the Juan Soto move. I have zero questions about the player. I question what's happening around the player, how they're going to structure the lineup, what they're going to do with Stanton, so on and so forth. Not to mention, they gave away Michael King, who looked like a high-end starting pitcher in the last couple of months of the season after he came back from the injury. And you gave away Drew Thorpe along with a lot of other guys that are close to being major league ready in terms of pitching. That concerns me in terms of the overall depth with our pitching staff going into this season. Again, I'm not saying that Soto is not a good player. He's a really good player. Really good. I just don't know that that's going to be enough to make a difference 
with where the Yankees are at right now. Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Senior Insider, was on SportsCenter last night, the 11 p.m. Eastern SportsCenter on ESPN, and explained why the Yankees made this move. The Yankees came into this offseason with a couple of goals. One of them was to get a big left-handed outfield bat, and in Juan Soto, they have come up with the biggest there is in baseball. He is a bona fide superstar. Now, they paid a hefty price for a guy who's going to be a free agent after the 2024 season, but frankly, they needed to. Coming off a disappointing year in New York, now they're able to pair him and Aaron Judge in an outfield that looks a lot more dangerous, along with Trent Grisham and Alex Verdugo, mm-hmm. who they traded for yesterday, than it did 48 hours ago. And that is your reasoning as to why the Yankees made this move. But again, can't ignore the fact that he is a free agent at the end of the season. Oh, he's going to rake in Yankee Stadium, too. Short port, shot in right field. Oh, he's going to rake. Do you think the Steinbrenners own the team? I think Juan Soto now owns the team. Whatever he wants after this year is probably what he is going to get. Was it a good move for the Yankees, and does this change the odds? We know it changes the odds. Does it change your pick as to who is really good in that division, who could potentially win it all? Our buddy Hembo from Greeny Show popped in here before the show. He said, yeah, I still think they're the fourth best team in the AL East, no less. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Do you believe in your starting quarterback? One coach is saying he does. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2. All of our great ESPN stations, like ESPN Cleveland, thank you for the gear today. We have our coffee mugs. We have our shirts. We do appreciate it. Shout out to ESPN Cleveland and everybody at 850 WKNR in Cleveland. Well, a starting QB announcement was made yesterday. Let's hear from the head coach of the New York Jets, Rob Sala, who I guess always now believed in his new, old, once again starting quarterback, Zach Wilson? I've always believed he was the best uh, uh, best quarterback in terms of giving us a chance to win. Um, you know, Tim and, and uh, Trevor uh, trying to spark the offense and all that, and, uh, and those two are very talented quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but, uh, but in, in my opinion, uh, Zach gives us the best chance to win. You always thought he, would, he gave you guys the best chance to win? For sure. Then why did you? Then why do you it? Well, when things aren't going good, obviously we haven't been scoring, um, trying anything to get the offense going, and we've tried everything, and so we're, you know, we're just settling in now and just see what we can get, uh, get done. What a mess! You always thought he gave you the best chance of win uh, to win. You benched him for a guy you cut after he started two days after the fact. 
everyone on that team clearly has an issue with Zach Wilson. He gets blamed for everything. In many cases, th- th- he brings it upon himself, right? When nobody's fighting that off. They're going to sit there yesterday and say, this is the guy we've always believed in? Of course not. Oh, no, they said it, though. <laughs> of course not. But here's the thing. Once upon a time, Zach Wilson was the quarterback that Rob Sala had to plead the fifth on when asked, would you consider a quarterback change? So it's not as if Rob Sala had conviction. Rob Sala was sending out the smoke signal saying, yeah, I want to make a change, but the people in the organization won't let me make a change. But it eventually got bad enough where he was forced to make a decision, which is to move off of Zach Wilson for, I'm sorry, Tim Boyle and then Trevor Simeon. Now, it hasn't made a difference because the last couple of weeks, the New York Jets have quite literally had the worst quarterback play in all of football. So I guess for Zach Wilson stepping back in, it's a low bar to clear. But the only question is, what version of Zach Wilson are you going to get if this guy was so reluctant to step foot back on the field? I hope he's motivated. I hope we see a different version of him. But I think it is rich that Rob Sala, of all people, is saying that Zach Wilson has always given them the best chance to win. Sir, weeks ago, when asked about him and the quarterback situation, you pled the fifth. You pled the fifth. It was so bad you didn't even have an answer ready to talk about it. Come on. We know it's a hot mess. We know that because of the reporting that Diana Rossini put out there about his reluctance to come back, it has really jumbled this whole thing up. And maybe he is the best option for them right now at quarterback. But we're going to learn a lot about Zach Wilson and – Not only his play, but the way he approaches this when he goes back out there this weekend. Well, Zach Wilson did speak to the media as well yesterday and obviously was asked about whether or not there was reluctance to play for the New York Jets. Absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. I I love the guys in this locker room, and I would do anything. And I think anytime you have an opportunity to step on this field, you need to take advantage of it. Did you feel the need to address the team at all about that? Because that report kind of was widespread on Monday. No, I don't think so. And I think more than anything, I've had support from those guys through this entire process. I think guys understand where we're at right now, and I've had backing, you know, since day one, and that's why I love this team so much. And, you know, they understand the struggles we've been going through, and, you know, I think there can be a lot of respect shown to just keep fighting from everybody, and we're, we're all going through the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, there's something I can see coming. The versus is coming. Right now it's Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. The versus? The versus is coming. There's going to be... And Aaron Rodgers versus the Jets this offseason. T- let, me, let me paint the picture. Please do. Because all of this Please is do. kind of starting to be clear for yeah. me. The Zach Wilson drama, the leaks, the whose fault is it? Is it the bad reporting? Which it's not. It was great reporting. We know that by Dan, Dan Rossini at The Athletic. Is it the organization's problem? Any way you cut it, we have a guy that, that sits with us and is part of this show, the three of us on the show every day that played 11 years in the league. He won a Super Bowl. And all he has told you all year long is that this is a mess. The offense is terrible. And guys can't keep their jobs in the way in which they have the jobs after this season. And what the obvious move is, they're going to go to Aaron Rodgers and they're going to say, listen, we want you to be the guy. We want to build around you. But Nathaniel Hackett can't be the offensive coordinator anymore. (laughs) He can work for you personally if you'd like him to be your assistant in life and you'd like him to book your trips and buy your ayahuasca. Go ahead. He cannot be the offensive coordinator. We cannot have Randall Cobb on this team. We have to talk to Alan Lazard because what he's doing is not working here anymore. We are not going to have the Tim Boyles of the world back here. Zach Wilson will not be on this team moving forward. Everything that that you have told us to do, we appreciate your input. We still want your input, but it hasn't worked. 
we want you. We want to build around you. We want to make this whole thing about you. But we can't have some of these guys back. And I'm telling you, I'm not suggesting he's definitely going to ask out. I'm not suggesting he's going to be on another team. What I am suggesting is this season will end. We will have the postseason. The Jets will not be a part of it. We will have all the buildup towards the draft and free agency. And at some point this offseason, Adam Schefter will come out with a report. I'm telling you where there is trouble with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and there's a versus, not an and. They are obviously going down that path where they are not going to be on the same page. Because I listen to you, CeCe, every single day, and you have told us a million times, this can't continue this way. And the this way are all the people that Rodgers brought in. So when you're outlining this scenario, am I to assume that a part of Nathaniel Hackett being gone means Rob Sala is going to be gone too? I'd, maybe. Wholes- wholesale coaching maybe, staff changes? Maybe, but definitely Hackett. They okay, cannot okay. bring Hackett back. Now, now here's the thing. I, I agree with you. I think that's what they should do. I don't know if that's what they will do because this organization puts the fun in dysfunction. But I'll say this. It's not necessarily all about what Aaron Rodgers wants, i.e. making those decisions. But if you're going to go down that road and say, hey, we're clawing back some modicum of control of our franchise – then why not draft a quarterback too? You've got sure. a top ten draft pick Adds to the coming, coming to you because your team ain't going to do a lot of winning over the next five weeks. Why not use that pick to get the successor for Aaron Rodgers? Because we are talking about a quarterback going into his age forty one season, coming off an Achilles injury. That's a hard injury to come off of when you're in the prime of your career, let alone when you're in your forties. So I don't know how much runway there is for Aaron Rodgers, but in in the big picture of it all. There absolutely has to be someone held accountable in this organization. And to me, that's why we got all of the chatter about Zach Wilson earlier in this week. This is about people internally trying to protect their job security, playing the game with CYA. Listen, it's not about framing Zach Wilson out to be a bad guy. He's done that all on his own. All you got to do is turn on the tape and then watch the postgame press conference. It's awful. You don't have to do or say anything else or issue any anonymous reports to make Zach Wilson look any worse. The only reason the reports came out about Zach being reluctant to go back into the starting lineup was to make the front office and Joe Douglas specifically look bad because he's the person that drafted him. He's the one that scouted him. That is his guy. And ultimately, that laid the groundwork for you to be desperate enough to go out and get in bed with Aaron Rodgers. So this whole circus has in effect happened because of a decision that Joe Douglas made going back to 2021. Now, hindsight, none of them quarterbacks not named Trevor Lawrence in that draft class were any good. So if you were going to be boxed into doing that, then, yeah, you were probably going to make a mistake. But you already had a quarterback in Sam Donald. Yeah, say what you want about him, but you didn't have to take a quarterback in that draft. Now, that all of that said, I think this is a situation now where the organization is at a crossroads, but with each loss that this team piles up down the stretch, I think it will become clearer and more obvious that they have to have wholesale changes in that building. You guys are both describing what they should do. This is what a proactive franchise does. This is what a stable franchise does. We're talking about the New York Jets. There's no way that they're going to be able to wrestle back power from Aaron Rodgers. He's got the ear of that locker room. They, as Kimberly Martin so beautifully put it, are pregnant with this situation, and the only way to get out of it is to give birth to it. They're going to see this thing through. Whether it's a whole nother year of dysfunction and disaster, they have made their bed, and they have to lie in it. There's no way out of this. They are too far deep in this Aaron Rodgers situation. They have given him too much power. 
I'm telling you, we are going to get version 2.0 of this next season. It's not going to be a versus. It's going to be a very messy and. You, you may be right. I'm just, I'm on the record now as I think the versus is coming between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I think there's, there's writing all over that wall about that. There's also writing on the wall that you should buy the real Christmas tree this holiday season, not the fake one. It's, an, it's time for an incredibly important message this holiday season. If you want to help save the American Christmas tree farmer, Get real and keep it real this holiday season. Buy real Christmas trees. For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved. And that means more jobs for the American Christmas tree farmer. They're safer for the environment than the plastic ones. They cost less than the plastic ones. They're more available than the plastic, the fake ones. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. And for more information online, plus to participate in cool contests, go to getrealkeepitreal.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Each and every day, one of our producers, the great Pat Costello, he basically provides his lovable complaints. That's, that's how I would describe what Pat does. Every complaint he has in life is his, but it could be ours. And he's lovable in the way he does it. Pat, your lovable complaints with I'm over it. I don't know if it's very lovable, but uh, Zach Wilson, I don't understand why everyone continues to try to talk themselves into Zach Wilson. It feels like we're trying to justify keeping him in games, and I don't get it. He's not good. He's not going to be a good starting quarterback for anyone at any point. Like we, we need to just move on from the idea that Zach Wilson could at some point turn into something that he's never going to. I agree with you, except um, I got to own one thing. What's up? I don't know what the numbers are, but give me the over on yards and touchdowns for Zach Wilson for Sunday. Really? I am, I am in on Zach Wilson for one game. You know, I always throw out there the interim coach bump. When a coach gets fired, I always think the team the next week is going to play well yeah. and cover or win. I'm now going to do the interim quarterback bump. He is obviously the interim quarterback for one game and one game only. I'm going to believe in Zach Wilson. So you think he's going to throw four touchdowns because it's over under 
0.5 touchdowns passing. Oh, that's an easy over. So, yeah, so okay, I'll go over. You're going to go over. So you think he's going to throw for a passing touchdown? <laughs> yes. Okay. What I, is, what's the yards? Do we have that? I'll I, take I don't, the over. I don't have the yards on me right now. But here's what I'll say. I don't know if I feel great about that. Oh, I think you're right to not feel I, great about that. I don't know if I feel great Zach about that. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. He's fighting for his career mortality right now. But here's what he has working in his favor. The New York Jets dysfunction. Like, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt because this organization finds ways to ruin quarterbacks. We saw it three years before he got there with Sam Darnold, who was drafted in 2018. We saw it once upon a time with Geno Smith, who had a renaissance once he got the hell away from the Jets, went all the way on the other side of the country to the Seahawks. And we saw with Mark Sanchez, they found a way to ruin a guy that in his first two years starting took him to the AFC Championship game. So I just... That is what people will hold on to in hopes that, hey, maybe this guy can turn around. We don't want to let him go because he'll go somewhere else and flourish. The thing that worries me about Zach is the leadership part of it, and I don't think he can fix that. Yeah, I also wonder if you're another team, do you really want to embark on a Humpty Dumpty project? Like, if he's broken, do you want to be the team that has to put in a lot of time and resources trying to put him back together again? I wouldn't. I would rather go another route. I'm trying to think of, is there anybody the Jets haven't broken (laughs) No, I like literally as you guys are talking. I was thinking of, you mean? Yeah, I was thinking of two things. Hump, the Humpty Dance, Digital Underground back in the day. Great song. Because uh, you brought up Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. And has, is there anybody the Jets have not Well, broken? Brett Favre came here and he was hurt. He got hurt at the end of that season. So they broke him. And then he, and then he went to the Minnesota. And was awesome. And took them to a conference championship game. So you have to be literally a Hall of Famer to be able to bounce back from the Jets. Well, Aaron Rodgers quite literally physically got broken. Yeah. Um, Who's yeah. the last Jets quarterback that either physically did not break or like mentally and emotionally did not have their low points of their career because they were in that? Is it Boomer? Asias? It might have to be. Wow. Yeah. It might be Boomer. Uh, can, no, no. Can you get Browning Nagel on the phone? Let's talk. To, I mean, what do we is, think about it? Is yeah. there anybody? Wow. And Mark Sanchez went to two AFC championship games. I'm not saying because of him, but they were in there. Anyway, Pat, what else are you over today? Who's Browning Nagel? He was an old quarterback with the Jets. He went to Louisville. I don't know. He's just a random name. That's that's Like what you just did was my goal. Because for that Browning Nagel is a, a fascinating name. Go ahead, Pat. <laughs> uh, people who don't want dogs on their bed or couch, what do you think is going to happen? It's fine. I promise. Everything's going to be fine if your dog is sitting on your couch. Let it hang out. If you don't want your dog on your couch... You probably don't really want your dog that much. That's a good point. It's like showing up to ESPN and not wanting a camera on you. Like somebody came here the other day and wasn't thrilled with a camera on him. Mm-hmm. Maybe on the team that we were just talking about. But that is a good point. I don't have a dog. I'm not an animal person, but that is a good point. If you don't want your dog or cat all over your house, you are an animal person. Big Smalls. time dog person. Does, do you have limits for where the dog goes? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, that dog's a member of my family. I'm not going to... Tell my cousin that they can't sit on the couch. You know what I mean? Frankie Smallman is just as much of a member of the family as anybody else. He has free reign to go wherever he wants. And I don't, I'm with you, Pat. It's the people that are like, well, I don't want the dirt or the fur or whatever on the bed or the couch. Then don't get a dog. Then don't get a dog. I do Uh, think there are rules, though. You think there are rules? Go ahead. For people, though. Like you're saying, I'm like, I wouldn't tell that to my cousin. 
I think, like, my rule, when you walk in my house, take your damn shoes off. Yeah, but you can't be a person that lets the dog walk in the house and all over the place and then ask other people to take their shoes off at the Good door. Good one. Can like, I mean, if that? you're walking your dog in New York City, Correct. unless you have dog shoes on, then the dog is tracking everything on the sidewalks and streets of New York City in your damn place. Unless they have those little so don't ask me to ta- So don't ask me to take my shoes off at the door when you got your dog perched up on your bed or perched up on your couch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you come over my house, you know that... I I don't have dogs and cats. I yeah. say, hey, can you take your shoes off? No problem. Yeah. If I had dogs and cats and I asked you that, yeah. you would give me the look. Yeah. I judge people that let their, their dogs or their cats all over their furniture in New York City. I judge that. Because you're, take, your you're taking your this? dog and your cat out to walk in New York City. I judge you. I do. Pat? Yeah, it's, I mean, what do you, what's going to happen? If the dog sits on the couch. Because they're bringing outside, so ergo, everything on the... No, I'm not. Yeah, I, you are. I walk on my feet and I take my shoes off at the door. The dog doesn't. And the dog or the cat wallows around on the grass. Or they might lay down on the street. You never... Like, they're on the ground. And then they're getting off the ground, coming in your place, and then getting on your couch. That's nasty. I think that's a particularly good point, Pat. I think you got to back off. I think CC is never CC's right about most things. I don't think you've ever been more right about something. And let me no, be clear about wrong. it. I'm talking about really? I'm talking about in New, I'm talking your- about in New York City. Yeah, where like we so if you have pee on so the if you have a, if you're in the suburbs and you got your own yard and your dog's outside in your yard, no problem with your dog. It's your yard. Okay, that's fine. Right. But we're talking about New York City. Has anybody seen the sidewalks in the streets of New York City? They're disgusting. They're disgusting. Have you okay. ever got Tripping over rats when we walk in in the morning to the seaport. It's disgusting. The rats are running. And you want that laying on your couch? Have you ever gotten sick from a dog? I don't know, Pat. Do you take off the clothes that you're wearing outside when you go inside your home yes. in New York City? Okay, yes. so then that's yes. fine. Yes, I am a when I when I okay. leave out of my apartment, Keep when I come back, yeah. I'm taking my clothes off, hang them up, and okay. then I'm showering. Okay, so you Wait, really so you'll are. go home today and what you're wearing now As soon as I come in the house. I'll, 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 because I'll, it has I'll New York City on it. Hang up my clothes, fold my sweaters, and then I will go and get in the shower. And then put up our new ESPN Cleveland shirt on. Oh, yeah, there yeah, we go. That's a nice, cozy, that's a, that's a nice, cozy. That, this is a good house nice, shirt. Cozy this will be the ESPN around. Cleveland Absolutely. is to get the New York City office. Now, now you know what will happen though, right? When I as soon as spill. I as soon as I walk in the door, when my wife gets home from work, she's gonna see that. She's gonna take that from me. It's gonna be her hoodie, not mine. Yeah, I had. A that's shirt. how that works. That's exactly. Yeah, it. Smalls is like, oh I'd yeah, sna- I'd snatch that for oh, sure. Oversized, yeah. Smalls no, no. like, yeah. No, I, I bought. I, I Congratulations bought new, to your wife on the new hoodie. I bought a new like hoodie, like she a jacket. She already took the week. Chicago thermos. Of course she, she did. Took the she Chicago. Did? Oh yeah, she's from Chicago. Have you course. seen me walk in with the thermos from Chicago? I, I have a thermos so that I bring to gear. work every day. Yeah. It's not the thermos that ESPN Chicago gave me. You know why? <laughs> because it has the Chicago skyline on it, it's very and my cool. wife loves all things Chicago. So you got robbed at home. Yeah. So your wife. I don't, I don't look at it as a rob. It, it's me gifting it to my wife. Yeah. Hey, honey, I bought you a brand new shirt. Oh yeah, from ESPN Cleveland. <laughs> there you go. The one you've always wanted. It's Prada. Actually, I don't know if you know that. What else, Pat? <laughs> Public TikTokers, uh, you look ridiculous and stop it. You're never going to be famous. You're embarrassing yourself and you look like a lunatic and get out of the way. What's a public TikToker? Someone who mean? does a TikTok in public. It starts like doing the dance. In the wild, on Just, the streets of New York City, you like everywhere 10 followers, you go. Man. Everywhere you go. I'm walking on the street. I'm trying to make the light. Somebody's standing. They have they have perched their phone up, and they're doing like a fit check or some dance. I'm like, I'm just like Pat. I'm like, get out of the way. Do this in the privacy of your own home. 
What about us? Don't make it my don't make it my problem. You and I we, were giving a tour yesterday to our great sales team, and we were on the roof, and no, we took pictures with like Santa and taking stuff. pictures. Yeah, that's is not one really thing. public. Doing TikTok dances in public is quite another. Okay, I was going to ask you guys today. To I do just a don't understand dance. what part of the game that is. When did that become the cool thing to do? I don't think it's cool. But I'm also not one of the cool young kids anymore. Okay. But I don't think it's cool. If you're not one of the cool young kids, I'm about kids, to say, you had all with Andy Cohen in the Housewives. How are you not one of the cool what kids? What the heck are we if right? you're not the cool kids? No, that that whole TikTok generation, I'm, I am not a part of that. I can't get on board with that. But you're right, Pat. And I see them doing it at restaurants. I saw a video the other day of someone who was TikTok vlogging their first date. They brought a camera with oh them to the first God, date to that vlog is it. brutal. Yeah. A first date? Well, that, that should be a last date. Their eight followers were probably thrilled by that content. <laughs> Coming up, uh, the movie Hunger Games. I've never seen it. How does it apply to an NFL team? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. On the day after, the New York Yankees go out there and trade for Juan Soto. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. You can tune in tonight. NBA in-season tournament semifinals. Catch NBA Commissioner Adam Silver as he will sit down with ESPN Radio between games one and two. Coverage begins 4.30 p.m. Eastern ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, which is uh, great for the three of us who host in the mornings that we have a 5 p.m. game today, Eastern time, of importance in sports, which is great. It would be nice if every game was 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's great. If we could have the Steelers and the Patriots tonight at 5 p.m. Eastern, we'd appreciate it. It would be wonderful for us. So, uh, Smalls, I need your help on this. You pointed this out. We need because uh, CC has already broken ten stories about this team with the Carolina Panthers, but he did not. He did not do it in comparison to a movie. Yes. The Athletic Diana Rossini put out there about the Carolina Panthers that it is a Hunger Games culture with the Panthers. What does that mean exactly? So, the Hunger Games is a book series that turned into a movie series starring Jennifer Lawrence. Shout out to J Law, but. It's basically where you're putting a bunch of people in a survival situation and they will do whatever it takes to make sure that they survive over (laughs) you. It's a cutthroat environment and the books and the movie people actually die. So we are using that to describe just the severity of the dysfunction and the, the betrayal that was going on in Cleveland. In Carolina. Oh, excuse me, Carolina. I was looking at ESPN Cleveland on our mug. Thank you. It might be going on in Cleveland, too, though. It might be going on. Oh, oh, it has. Listen, if they keep losing games, it'll be going on in Cleveland between Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. But that is wild to me. I mean, just think about that. 
you're describing this environment, and meanwhile, this franchise is trying to develop their future at quarterback in Bryce Young, mm-hmm. the guy that they invested a lot of draft capital in and take to, with the number one overall pick. They gave up a top ten pick last year. They're ultimately going to give up the number one overall pick this year in 2024 for the right to have Bryce Young on that team. And that's the level of dysfunction that you're trying to develop him around. I just that I feel for Bryce Young because right now it's the worst case scenario in terms of the environment, but then also the situation because you're going to be inextricably linked to what C.J. Stroud with the Houston Texans is doing. And right now C.J. Stroud has his team poised to be in the playoffs. So it just feels like a really tough situation for Bryce Young, and I'm not sure – if owner David Tepper has the temperament in order to put the pieces in place to get this franchise back on solid footing. Well, there was a lot of really troubling nuggets that came out of this article in The Athletic, and all roads lead back to David Tepper and his mismanagement and his over-involvement with the team. I mean, they talk about all of these different coaches who are texting the owner behind Frank Reich's back and saying that he needs to be implementing this or fixing Bryce Young's footwork instead of going to him directly. They also describe David Tepper encouraging Frank Reich to go outside of his circle with his hires. David Tepper brings him in to build a culture, to build a staff, but then he's dictating how he can go about it. And that is a big problem. If you want to have a successful organization, you need to let the football minds you bring in do their jobs, and he has not done that. But there also has to be a clear chain of command and allowing other coaches, other assistants on Frank Reich's staff to usurp the head coach's authority and go directly to the owner – I mean, it undermines the head coach and it puts him in an impossible situation that's doomed to fail. So I'm not exactly sure what coach is going to have success under those circumstances, which leads us back to a guiding principle when it comes to sports ownership, not just in the NFL, but on the whole, you let the people that are in the industry take care of industry business. Ergo, let football people make football decisions. And it's clear that David Tepper is not empowering his football people to do that. So if the Carolina Panthers are the Hunger Games, can we bring up some other teams and try to associate movie scripts with them? Like, what are the Jets right now? Is there a movie that jumps out at you with the Jets? The Giants? The Patriots? I mean, some of these teams, like, because Diana Rossini may have led us into something here. The Hunger Games, if you're saying that people are just killed off and fighting for survival... I mean, is there a movie about a circus that we could associate with the New York Jets? Are there other cultures around the league? The Chargers, you've said, Smalls, is the culture of meh. Is there a movie or show that you think of that is just completely meh? Because I, I don't know. Like this is What a comparison to make. The Hunger Games. Well, have you guys both seen The Bear? The, the TV, TV show, show yeah. The Bear. You remember mm-hmm. the Christmas scene? I, oh, yeah. I did not see yeah, it. Yeah, I remember okay. the Christmas scene. Yeah, that's that was I, crazy. That's what I feel like the New York Jets It's like, chaos, right? Where it's just chaos. Everyone's walking <laughs> on eggshells because they know it's about to combust at any moment. That's yeah. what I picture the or New York Jets. Or is it Groundhog's Day? Because we've seen it over and over again. It that's doesn't. It, it always just that's happens that way with the New York Jets, no matter who the quarterback is. But Hunger Games, so we read this story. We see the comparison. CeCe has, has reported... Or I don't know if reported is yeah reported that yeah. that uh, according to people that he knows sources around the team sources 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 <laughs> I got sources he got sources journalism he's got journalism this is today this is got, real journalism I, I got sauces I got marinara I got Alfredo I got a lot of sauces um, that 
basically that people are uh, Tepper is calling plays and trying to call plays and getting involved in the offense. And now you have people comparing it to the Hunger Games, which is a level of ex- extreme that is out of control. It sounds awful. People fighting for their own individual survival. And I just want to let it be known. The Athletics spoke to more than 20 Panthers coaches, players, and other league sources, some of whom were granted uh, anonymity so they could speak freely. More than 20 people in various roles in the organization, and this is the culture that they described. That's awful. That is bad. You know what, though? But you have to be a special kind of bad because they're trending toward being a 16-loss team in what amounts to the worst division of all of football. Think about this. The NFC South, the winner of that division, might not have a winning record. <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers are going to lose 15, 16 games. That's brutal. Think, think about it. Like, think about how bad the competition is in the division mm-hmm. that you're going to have a division winner that might have a losing record and you have 15 or 16 losses. That actually is the That's most bad. glaring statement that anyone has made about totally. the Carolina Panthers. Totally. Hunger Games, texting, firing, interim coaches. You could go one and sixteen in a division where the division winner is like seven and ten. You play the other there three teams enough, twice. Yeah, there actually aren't enough losses to go around. Right. The math you may not you, work. Right. You think you just right. run into it? Right. Right. <laughs> right. That division. And the team that they beat was the Texans. Wait, something's wrong with the math on that. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Doctor Pepper call in line. Unsportsmanlike nation. Oh uh, Lemdog sixty eight tweets at Evco Radio in the Doctor Pepper inbox. Jets, the movie to go along with them. Titanic. Yes. Yes. The they very see the but, that means, very but that means that they would actually be sailing Dead for a little bit. Dead ahead. All right. We get, we you get you it saw it up. with Rodgers, though, right? It's we saw it the last two years in Green Bay with Rodgers. We knew what was coming. All right. We got to do the Hunger Games game here. So give us your football team this year and associate the movie script that best fits to your team this year. As Diana Rossini of The Athletic gave us the Hunger Games for the Carolina Panthers. 888-SAY-ESPN. Dr. Pepper Nation. Uh, call in line. ESPN Nation. Presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. I can't believe that the team that I root for, the New England Patriots, could actually be on the list of the bad movies, the Titanic, the Hunger Games, but they do play tonight. We have Belichick and Tomlin tonight, Thursday Night Football, and somehow, some way, that may be an awful football game. We'll explain why coming up next on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.